Hello, Vaughn Nation. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Tennessee Football. I'm your host, as always, Kyle Kerbison, joined with Reed Bacon. Have another great podcast before we get into it. Y'all, please, if you're watching, subscribe, like, hit that notification bell, leave some comments. If you're listening, rate and review, download and re-download. And if you want to follow us on any social media, at Believe in Tennessee, at rbacon26, at Kyler Kerbison for all of our handles. And we have merch. We have those t-shirts. How we doing, bud? Great t-shirts, little characters. Y'all will love them. Please go out and buy those. It helps us so much. But on this pod, we break down the entire Kentucky game, offense and defense, what we loved, what we didn't love, um, the black uniforms, and why Kentucky is just our little brother. Uh, And then we jump into Georgia. What is this game going to look like? If Georgia needs to do anything to try and slow down this offense, we try and figure that out. And what do we need to do versus Georgia's run, pound, and play action offense to be able to slow it down. So getting into the weeds with all that, but another great podcast. Let's jump into it. The game. Snap, the kick is in the air, and the kick this time is no, sir, Reed. No, sir, Reed. Final score, Tennessee 20, Florida 17. Pandemonium reigns. Loads up, fires long for the end zone. The pass is going to be caught by Tennessee. Tennessee wins! by Tennessee, Jawan Jennings. Jennings makes the catch in the end zone on the Hail Mary. Down at the 35, to the 40, to the 45, to the 50, to the 45, to the 40, to the 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. What did he do? All he did was score. Joey Pitt, touchdown on play number one. All right, so before we jump into the podcast, got to shout out our number one sponsor, betonline.ag. It is the place to go for betting. It is your number one source for betting. They have all the odds, all the team totals, all the parlays that you could ever want, and they cover every sport. You got NFL, you got NBA, you got tennis, you got golf, you got baseball, you got everything you could think of. It is the place to go if you're going to bet on anything and make anything exciting. So for first-time signups, go over to betonline.ag and for a 50% welcome bonus, use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout and receive that 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, welcome in, everybody. Got another amazing podcast. Balls are still undefeated, baby. Just got back from a uh, nice little funeral in Neyland. Reed, how are we doing, bud? Let's go. <laughs> C-A-T-S. Losers, losers, losers. That's how you spell loser, baby. C-A-T-S. Oh, my God. We're going up there and it being that C-A-T-S, cats, 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 where they'd go, First down, Kentucky. And I was like – and this was like multiple I, – I don't know if they still do it or not. I haven't been up there in multiple years. But it was when we were going up there consistently. And I was like, dude, they're so bad. They got to cheer first downs. Like, what, what do we got going on here? Like, what, what's at, – at, at Neyland, they just say first down, Tennessee, and we clap. It's – you know, it's not a big deal. The worst – the worst at that is Alabama. It's the uh, – that's another Alabama first down. Everybody goes, <laughs> roll, Todd, every time. So annoying. 
<laughs> hey, I'm uh, man. It feels uh, it feels great. I'm not going to do a ton of talking on this intro because I'm really am ready just to get in, break down the ball, and then talk about next week. Yeah. Um, we can say everything that we want about how awesome this is, um, how amazing this feels, uh, all that different stuff. Everything that everyone else has said a bunch, but uh, you guys, you guys know that we're happy about it. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> I you know, would say so. I, I was even like catching myself, like looking at the bottom of the screen and seeing the number three next to our name and being like, oh, that's really cool. <laughs> like, hell yeah, baby. <laughs> it's, it's funny you say that because I was doing the same thing, just kind of like taking a look at it and grinning and smiling. Mm-hmm. And then also going to tweet out, and I didn't yesterday because I'm probably the worst social media person ever. But it's not like I grew up watching college game day. It's just like, it, this is weird. It's not necessarily like I love the show, like where I'm just intently watching it all the time, but always having it on in the background is like a part of my childhood slash fall. Because in, in, in when I was in middle school, high school, it was always wake up, put it on and like watch it, but like kind of just have it on. Yeah. And so it's like it's a, it's like the best background noise for me, even though I'm not like intently watching it until it got to a time to the head picks. Uh, or or Corso's head pick and, and and watching them pick the games. But, like, I've heard more about Tennessee, rightfully so, in the past, you know, four, five, six weeks than I have in the past 10 to 15 years. And especially in the past 10 to 15 years, it was never anything really good. We maybe had one week, like, every couple of years where it's like, is Tennessee back? Are they, are they kind of like there? And then they would talk about us, and then we'd get blasted, and then we weren't on the show, you know, again for the rest of the year. So it's just it's it's just really funny, and it's nice. It's like I still feel like like I don't even really believe that. Like it's pretty wild, bro. Like we're we're the number three team in the country, but in my opinion, we deserve to be number one. Now, am I saying that means we're the best? I don't know about that. Um, I feel really confident, but they deserve to be number one. Yes, there's. Especially now, like people all week were like, here's the trap game. Here's a trap game. Like I'm picking, uh, you know, Kentucky with those 10 half points. Like this is that game where they're going to, you know, struggle because they're paying attention to Georgia. And, da, 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 da. and it was like, hmm, the only team I saw struggle was Ohio State. You know, the only team that I saw close in like a one score game in the third quarter was Georgia. So, this team looks like they should be number one in the country with all of their ranked wins, with how they just manhandled the number 19 team in the country. It's like, I just feel like it's a no brainer. You know what, Kyler? It's a, I'm going to sound super cliche coach speak, but like just handle business. If you win, you know, then you don't have to worry about anything. Now I do. I think this team runs a table. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know why I should doubt them, but you know, it's like even if we go down here to Georgia, it's like, hey, let's let's just go down there for a sixty-minute, uh, no pun intended, no pun intended, dog fight. But like, let's go down there for sixty minutes and just see what happens. You know, like I'm saying, like if we win, unbelievable, incredible. Like I'll be, you know, pooping my pants again, like I did when Danico Slaughter drilled Buddy. <laughs> uh, but if we don't, but if we don't then let's just keep it closed so that it's still like, hey, they still are one of the top four teams. I, I hate yeah. playing what if game because it's like it's just let's just see how it plays out. Yeah. I only get I only get pissed if we get down there and somehow we get left out with only one loss. I'll I'll probably, you know, 
go to the college football committee and start, you know, trying to burn the place to the ground or something. And I was telling one of my buddies yesterday, I was like, man, we like we are playing with house money. Like before this year, no one thought this team could be where they are now. No one thought it, it, we were going to be more than 10 wins. Like at all, there was no chance. Like I picked us to go ten and two. So I I thought we'd lose to Bama and Georgia, but now, like, dude, if like even if we end up losing to Georgia and somehow don't make the playoffs and just go to the freaking Sugar Bowl, like, what a successful season! Yeah, but seriously, you know- in his second year of Josh Heupel, obviously I'm going to be disappointed because I think this team is way better than all the rest. That they're way better Ohio State and Michigan. And Clemson and TCU and all those other teams that are close, like this team is way better. So I will be disappointed if somehow we don't make it. But I, like this scene, this season is such a freaking win already, and we're eight games in. Yeah, I, I agree, uh, one thousand million percent with you. But as us as fans, like we're still, there's still going to be a little bit of that piece, depending on what happens. That could be like should have, would have, could have. But you know what? I'm going to stop myself. I'm not even going to go down that road. I'm just going to say I'm here. I'm enjoying it now. We'll have plenty of time to discuss what happens after. But you're right. This year is already a massive, massive success. Success. Yes. Um, what? Um, Dang it, I had a question. I'm sorry. This is uh, I had a, a question that I wanted to ask you before we jumped into the um, going into the – I'll think about it. I'll think about it. But let's go ahead. Um, let's go ahead, jump into it, and kind of yeah. start start talking balls, start talking X's and O's. And if you have some overview that you want to talk about too, then go ahead and do that. Um, overview of the game, I, God, man, it was, it was great to silence – all the hate, like I just felt like this was like, y'all need to really pay attention to this team. This was like a statement win, even though Kentucky is not that great of a team. And it's like, it's not as good as a Bama win, but still people were like, were really doubting like, oh, they're going to fall off. So such a statement win, the way we won, um, just defense. I mean, I cannot express how excited and proud I am of this defense and what they have become from where they started and where they started two years ago when we went to that first spring practice to right now is unbelievable. Um, I'm just so, so very impressed with them. Offense just keeps humming and Heupel and Golish just keep adding more and more wrinkles to this offense and different plays that, are just scary, dude. Like, you cannot defend this offense. And I have no idea what anybody's problem is with Jalen Hyatt is our wide receiver. Like, he is a very good wide receiver. You should probably cover him. Like, it is an issue for every single person who plays us that, like, key in – on Jalen Hyatt. I don't understand why he gets so open. I mean, I do, obviously, because they're drawing it up for him. But, oh, my golly, it can't can't be that difficult, right? So, first off, as the captain of this defense's bandwagon, I'll let you on. I'll allow you on just because I like you. But some (laughs) of you you other losers that wanted to talk bad about this defense – 
then and listen, I'm not going to sit here and argue with you about statistics or anything like that. I'm going to argue with what I've been seeing with my eyes and when they step up and make plays and when they do it when it matters. Now, listen, this pod is actually going to be there are some things that I wasn't pumped with defensively mm-hmm. that I want to talk about, which is weird because I feel like I haven't had a pod to talk negatively about in like four weeks. Yeah. Not that I'm not that I'm excited about it, but maybe it'll make it a little bit more insightful of a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> to us just being like, oh, we're incredible, we're incredible, we're incredible. <laughs> we're the best, we're the best. I love us. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'll let you on the bandwagon for that one. And then um, the, the second thing is, is I, I feel you about kind of like, you know, wanting to shut people up and stuff like that. But from the, the quick story is, is I called you yesterday as I was going to pick up food, I didn't, I didn't go to the game. I didn't go to campus. I wanted to stay at home and watch games and which I did watch Ohio state. And I did watch some of the Georgia and Florida game. Um, but then I watched it with my dad and my mom here at the house. So I was going to pick up food real quick before it started. I called you. I was like, bro, are you nervous? And you're like, no, I was like, yeah, me neither. And I was like, I just, I just trust this team. Like, why am I not going to trust this team when they've given me, you know what I mean? Like, that's how I feel with my friends. Like, I'm, I'm going to trust this person until they give me a reason not to, especially if you get a good feeling, a good vibe, and after they've kind of proven themselves. So then I called Jack, and I was like, Jack, are you nervous at all? He's like, hell no. He's like, we're going to blast them. He was like, like, dude, no. Like, he's like, I'm not nervous at all. And so it's like, it's amazing that we do feel that way, and it just happened in a very short time. I mean, just think back. Like, this is one thing I brought up on – last year's pods is like hey put yourself and think about where you were you know last year well now just think about where we were a couple weeks ago like going into the lsu game oh yeah so hey because because that don't forget the pit game was a close game i mean the florida game wasn't close but it was and then it's like okay how are we going to do down at lsu and then since then i know that alabama game was a 60 minute fight but like we still won and weirdly like i still felt really confident the entire time now, this week is probably the first time that I'm not uh, scared. I'm still like, hey, let's go, like bring it on Georgia. But I'm more like, okay, all right, let, let's, 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 let's see how this is compared to when we were at going, when we were playing Bama, I just had a gut feeling that we we're going to win the game, no matter how it looked. This one, I'm a little bit bored. You know, I, I'm not sure. Bama felt kind of like destiny. Like we, a little, you yeah. know what I mean? Like this is going to happen for us, where this one, it's not like that. It's not, you know, we're not at home. It's an away game too. And like Georgia, I mean, they won the Natty last year. There's a reason why they're number one team right now. Um, so it does feel a little bit different where like Alabama had shown weakness in some games and they were number three, not number one. So like it did feel different. Um, but yeah, please, let's. Please remind me too, uh, after we break down some of the game, please, please remind me when we're talking Georgia, I heard something today talk people saying that this is like the biggest game in UT history in like 30 years. And we were just saying that about Bama. I still feel like that Bama game is bigger than this one. And I'll explain why, in my opinion, you, you can just, people can disagree all they want, but I, I just, I feel like we had our biggest game in 30 years. Now, is this one still massive? Like, yeah, but I'll, I'll explain why I think the importance of yeah. the Bama, but anyways, go ahead. Let's start talking, start talking, start talking offense, man. Let's do it. Um, so first drive, end up with a score. Amazing the way it started. Uh, I don't like Chris Fowler just, like, taking shots at my boy Jabari, like, just literally calling him short. I'm like, chill, dude. Like, what the fuck? Um, but uh, what would you say? He's not wrong, though. No, he's not. 
you know, I thought it was just a couple of quick like bubbles out on the perimeter, just to get like things set up and see how they're playing stuff. And then it's literally we ran the same route, two plays apart. Brew runs the post. Jalen runs a little wheel. We throw the ball to Brew. Safety comes up, makes a tackle. We run the ball. Next play, they run the exact same route. Brew runs a post. Jalen runs a wheel, and the safety comes to the post. And that wheel's just wide open. Touchdown, Jalen Hyatt. And, man, that thing, that video where Chris Fowler on the call gets me live, gets me fired up. Just Jalen Hyatt, wide open, a busted coverage. Like, I love that. I actually, yeah, it was funny. I told my dad last night. Um, he, never mind. I'm not going to say it because I don't want to be negative towards someone. But sometimes Roberto likes to listen to the radio and keep it keep it muted on TV. Needless to say, I'm not a fan of the radio at all. So I was like, "Hey, Dad, I want to listen to Herbie and Chris Fowler." I was like, "I can't remember the last time they called one of our games." Mm-hmm. I was like, "I like, I do like both of them." I know that they had the stuff with Burton and all that, like whatever. Like they were wrong in that instance but I do like listening to them call games and I do agree with you completely like I really like Fowler's in fluctuation how excited he gets and stuff like that and obviously they're you know some of the best around so it's not a, not a surprise there uh, I agree completely Kyler I'm sitting there watching offensively I've gotten to the point where I just count I, I, I do like this weird game with myself or whoever's watching the game with me if they care at all and I'm like I just count pre-snap real quick how many people the defense has in the box and then I just I'm runner pass because it's pretty. Yeah. Yeah. You know what Heifel's going to do, and you guys can try it at home. Like I'm not saying it's 100, percent but it's probably 80. percent Like if there's you know five people in, you know he's probably going to run it. If there's six or seven, he's probably going to pass it. Um, and so, but I did like to see that they kind of went ahead, got it out wide. Let's go ahead and set some things up. Like you said, see how they're playing. That's a very important thing that you said. Is like, and Hendon Hooker said it after the game. Is like most of these teams come out and do something different than they have done on film because of the style of offense we play. So it's like, Hey, let's go out, you know, let's get a couple punches in, see, fill each other out and all that. But it's also just setting everything up. And I also like that they got brew. I I actually thought brew was going to be the first catch of the game and they threw it to Jalen, but then it was nice that they got, um, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I I thought Cedric was going to be the first catch of the game to try to get him going to get him back. It was Jalen, but then they got Cedric right in there, and he had a nice – on the third and two, it was the same concept. It's – like I said, you can have you can have nine better players, but we're going to take R2 on the outside, and it's just – it's just we're just going to do this. We're, that's all you – know, outside comes in and curls it up, and we get the third and two while Jalen runs. And then all – and then, you know, a couple plays later, speed's going, communication – Bada bing, bada boom. It's a touchdown, and so I love how effort, you know, how effortless it was. Yeah. Now, great. I'm pretty pissed what happened on the second drive uh, because I did have Tennessee. I had Tennessee first quarter, Tennessee first half, Tennessee game, which I won two of the three. But I was not bumped because the first or the first quarter was four and a half. So I thought we were going to be winning 14-7, 14-0, whatever. Yeah. But um, go to go to the second drive for you. Yeah, that second drive, the, the sack to start is it's just like that just takes it out of you. You know what I mean? It's once you're behind the chains, it's so hard to catch up. So I just felt like, you know, that's what's happening. Um, and then pit or no, this wasn't the sack to start. It was just penalties. 
Never mind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like penalty on the bubble because the ball wasn't thrown behind the line of scrimmage, which I mentioned in previous podcasts, how that has to be a teaching point because they will catch you. Um, and then like he threw the ball behind brew, which I think was like almost like saved brew <laughs> because that safety was coming down. He probably could have laid him out or gotten a pick. Um, and, you know, false starts and holding. So it's just like the only thing that was preventing us from getting anywhere is ourselves. Didn't have anything to do with Kentucky. Like Jeremiah overset his guy and had to help hold him to prevent a sack, which, hell, that's the blind side. So it could have been a sack fumble. So almost like prefer a holding over that. Hold the phone. I have it in my notes. I said, I'm so happy he got the 15-yarder. Continue. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then like Cooper, I guess it was just like he couldn't necessarily hear. It's literally harder to hear at center than it is anywhere else. Like the actual clap and the snap count. Um, because everybody else went and he didn't. And you know, there was a run by Jabari and he got tackled by the safety. Like it was just him versus safety. If he makes that guy miss, he's gone. And it's like that's your one guy to make, you know, he gets like six yards, seven yards. Um, so it's just, you know, and then like, there was some miscommunication on the third down. Like you could obviously tell Hinden looked to throw it outside and his guys were like blocking out there. So then he just tucked and ran, which, you know, he does that a lot. He just tucks it and runs when he doesn't see the thing. And I love that because it's not like I'm going to wait and see what happens and like maybe get a negative play. It's like, Oh, screw it. Let's go. Um, so it's like quick decision-making. So I, I love that. Um, and, you know, we punt, give it back to him because it's just so many mistakes. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit refreshing, but it's also super annoying uh, in, in the same sense. Like I hate when we do self-inflicted wounds and we kind of hurt ourselves. Uh, obviously that's a big point for me this upcoming week. Um, we're going to make mistakes, but we need to rise to the occasion like we did against Bama. Um, and, and limit those mistakes, um, the, the best we can, whether it's, uh, penalties, whether it's turnovers, uh, or just good football play. I mean, like I said, like the difference of missed tackle or missed tackle and, uh, another guy getting four or five yards or a ride receiver catching it and not making the first guy miss like th- those little things that are winning football plays. Um, but yeah, for me. I thought it was a bad call. I, like I told you last podcast, I'm not getting back and forth with the refs on our complaining and stuff. Obviously, you can't defend, you know, us jumping off sides. But I did think that was a little tic-tac um, call where – because Princeton didn't come up field much. Like, he literally took a step and made a block, which you're, you know, allowed to make that block if, if he's kind of on that line of scrimmage area. Yeah. Just set up a screen. So, anyways, that's a little annoying. And when you get – when they call it instead of holding – and it's pass interference or whatever, and it's a 15 yeah. yeah, It's just it's just, it's just a tough place to be. Um, but I, the only thing that I have coming away from that besides self-inflicted wounds is I was thrilled that Jeremiah Crawford brought that guy to the ground. Do not get him killed. Do not let them get a momentum hit on a fumble, whatever. And I, I'll say it all the time. If you get beat deep at DB, just pull the guy down. Like Kamal Haddon's done a couple, like a couple times or at least once this year. If you get beat on the backside or, or blindside, like pull his ass down. Just get the flag. Flag is way better than a touchdown, man. Yeah, big time. Um, 
Okay, so then we get the ball back. Uh, dude, th- this drive, I freaking loved. The running in this drive, I absolutely loved. A um, little outside zone was just great. And Darnell, dude, Darnell on this drive, like, I, the guy's a freaking beast. We did outside zone to his side. way he got out and up, like, he is so fast for how freaking big he is. Then the next play, we're running freaking power, and he pulls around and absolutely crushes a dude. Like, road grade, like, tire marks on this guy's face, dude, just runs him over. I I literally, audibly, this morning, re-watching it, was like, oh, God, literally when I watched it. Um, so I just love to see that. Um, you know, Hendon had a great, like what I was saying before, he had a great moment where he like saw a, a breaking corner, like coming down hill and was about to like mess up the play. And he was just like, screw it. I'll just take it myself. So That's- it's like that kind of decision-making out of Hendon is, that is his strength. It's not the arm. It's not the legs. It's literally him deciding this is dangerous. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take care of the ball. I'm going to run or that's not open, so it's better to hand it off. Or it's not good to hand it off. We have numbers out on the outside. I'm going to throw the bubble. So it's just like that decision-making is what makes the difference with him. Um, I think uh, – let's see. What do I have next? There's good coverage. Yeah, so good coverage again. Hendon tucks it and runs. Um, absolutely love the hurry-up quarterback sneak just on fourth down, just like – Fabulous. Absolutely. Yeah. It's exactly what you're supposed to do in that moment. They, they're so unprepared. They don't know what's about to happen. Just get up on the line, snap that ball, move forward. And it was easy too. It wasn't hard. It wasn't a hard game. Um, uh, I don't think that was a PI on Jalen. <laughs> I really don't. And it's so funny how these random things happen whenever we talk about it because you know, we talked about it versus Bama where I was like, Jalen might be able to sell the pass interferences better. And then we talked about it versus UT Martin where we're like, why is he throwing the moon balls? Is he trying to get a pass interference? And then literally this game, Jalen sells. <laughs> His acting skills came out and he just sells that PI so well, like, ah, falling over. It was great. And it's like, yeah, perfect. Like now that you are such a target, now that you are – literally a record holder in the Tennessee books. It's like refs see that and they're like, there's no way that guy got, there's no way that guy covered him. He's too good. Obviously it has to be pass interference. My, my day was funny. My dad and I were sitting there watching. I was like, I think we got away with one. He's like, no, that was pass interference. And then they rewatched it. We re-showed. I was like, uh, I was like, I mean, I wouldn't have called it. I said, I like a little bit of hands, but then I said he needs to get the, you know, the Emmy or the Oscar or whatever the hell they give away for action, for acting. And yeah. it was a great – I actually didn't even know if the ball was catchable for where it was outside. But to piggyback off what you said, it was nice to see Kentucky jump one of those on the outside mm-hmm. and Hendon not let it go. I mean, people – I think people understand how important that play is and, and it's like easier kind of said than done. Like, hey, if they jump it, don't throw it. Yeah. But there's so many people in sports and, and and I would say a quarterback or whatever that you kind of decide sometimes what you're going to do before the snap. And you see that happen a lot. I think we saw it a lot with JT when he was here. 
but you kind of decide what you're doing pre-snap and like that's not how play plays are designed like that's not how like you have to read your keys and so and it can happen really quick like just think if he turned lets it go and he's like oh no so I was happy to see like because that's really one of the first times I've seen someone jump it and kind of take it away now granted just like you know, sitting there with my dad and my dad's like, yeah, I love to see him jump. And I said, I do too. And then we both said, cause we're going to go right over their head again. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, so uh, but, but I love the fourth down and, and I was so happy to say, get on the ball and just get under center. Just don't, don't make it more difficult than it has to be. Yeah. Um, and then and after that PI, we get down closer, just the run, like running the ball, y'all watch it, man. Like, we are running the ball, and our offensive line is three to four yards downfield with their defensive line. Like, we are getting a massive, massive push. We have another fourth down. We get another massive push. Then the next play, another massive push. It's just like our offensive line was road-grading them, just pushing them back. So, love to see that. Um, let's see. Uh Oh, yeah, the flat, like, play – oh, that play. Okay, so Hendon standing back there, play action with the running back. He's reading the defensive end. We leave him unblocked, and then he pops it over the head and gets it to Jacob Warren. Like, what a great play. And, like, there's so many options on it. It's such a cool thing to see because it's like you haven't seen that at all this year, and now all of a sudden it's in in game eight. Like, Hypo's just – new stuff every freaking week man it's incredible it's incredible to see and the other thing is too it's it's when we add this new stuff it's it's not even like new wholesale things which a lot of times you'll see in football where they'll add in like whole new plays and stuff like that but it's for us it's just it's just building off stuff that we've already done mm-hmm. um w- w- which is great but i couldn't agree more that how this offense started the game Besides the besides the second and and by the way for people who are watching if you see Kyler not looking at me while I'm talking or me not looking at Kyler because I got the game over here I'm taking notes while he's talking I know he's doing the same yeah I'm reading um, notes yeah but the fact that we throw throw score early UT type offense primetime game Jalen Hyatt's butt naked wide open like it's great to start that way and I wanted to put that pressure on Kentucky. Now, I'll give Kentucky the answer pretty well. We didn't get up 14 on them because they because of the penalties, but, like, they had a good job of, like, staying patient, staying true to who they are, and they could, they did it for as long as they could until we took them out of that. But then to come back and say, all right, we've, we've kind of had the, the, the quick shot score type, quick drive, then we shot ourselves in the foot, now we're just going to pound it at you. And I was happy that Kirk Herbstreet had mentioned, like, hey, guys, like, they can high fly it you know, and shoot a bunch of threes and a bunch yeah. of alley, you know, you know, bunch of, he didn't say this, this is me saying it, but he kind of said, Hey, this run game super important. And it's for me, it's like, Hey, we're not just going to shoot threes. We're not just going to alley-oop and dunk it. Like we know how to work it in, play, play bully ball on the, on the, on the box, lay it in, play good defense, you know, and like kind of slow the game down in a way. And like, that's what we did. We pounded it right at you. We, we can do it multiple ways. Kentucky, I thought your defense was supposed to be really good. Like, well, we know you can't pass already. Why are you not stopping the run? Exactly. Yeah, I, I love the fact that he said that too because we talk about it all the time and I don't think other people realize it. But it's like, yeah, say this in national television. Like, this team runs the ball. They run it very effectively. And they run it with their freaking tight end in the shotgun for a touchdown, <laughs> which 
kudos to Reed for calling that out right there. He he uh, called out the fact that we need to put Fant back there at running back, and I was a little hesitant about it, but hell, he he made a guy miss on his touchdown. He made that guy fall. It was one on one tackle. He made that guy fall. It looked really, really bad for that guy. By the way, yeah. um, when you rewatch it from the back, it looked like I'm never gonna call someone out for being scared, but that guy looked scared. Like he, <laughs> it was, it was. There's no way that you were that that you're a Division One scholarship athlete and your tackle attempt was that poor. So I think he made a business decision. Like dude's already in there at the one. Like no big deal. But I, I I love to see that Kyler because I do legitimately feel like that is a dangerous dangerous spot for for um, other teams because you have two big people with the option of running the ball on the read option. Like I, I like you know as long as Princeton holds the ball, I think he's I like him at running back. I I really do. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That that would be the key. It's just you know can he hold on to the ball? We we so seen one fumble, but that was a great play by the Florida defender, but. I think right. fans yeah. a good run. You know and you know what? Maybe it's unfair that I'm saying, hey, just hold the rock because I keep remembering that Florida one. But that the Florida guy was coming behind him, and it was a really good play. So it wasn't like, you know, Princeton just handed it to him. I'm re-watching this, though, while we're talking about it. And I remember the clock ticking, like, 36, 35. I was like, oh, God, I'm not going to win this bet. Like, hurry up. And they threw it to Jacob. And I was like, please, Jacob, please. <laughs> and the guy just came in and chopped his legs. And I was like, well, that's a loser. <laughs> Oh, you were like, oh, wow, I got set up. No. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but anyway, so go ahead and jump to the next next possession if you want. Um, yeah, so next possession. Uh, I love that the play setup we have where Jalen motions in front and then comes back behind because we haven't even touched the surface on things that can be run out of that. Like it that that is such a weird look for defenses and such a nice little decoy for Hyatt on stuff because they're worried about him. Um, so I love that little wrinkle. Uh, then we have this this play where Jalen's little hurdle over Buddy and stays up and runs that whole way. Bro, you could have fit a damn Mack truck through that yes. hole. Like, yes. this offensive line was blowing open holes left and right for our guys to run through. And it was incredible to see because I don't know if, I've really seen those kind of holes in any other game this year. Like, not even teams that we whooped up on. Like, I wasn't necessarily seeing, like, huge, huge holes like that. And they did it multiple times this game. So, I absolutely love that. Um, uh, linebacker blitz on the Fant pop pass over the top. It was so quick by, by Hendon. He saw those linebackers coming. I'm sure his, like, the backside – you know, Mike is his read man. So he's like, okay, if he comes, yeah. I'm following yeah. it. And both of them came and they did it on the snap. So he was like, oh, I'm definitely getting rid of this. So, you know, so just such a great like option because it's it's literally up to Hinden. Like he is making the decision whether to hand it off or whether to throw it. So it's just all up to him. And he's so good with that. Uh, I really wish, really wish Cedric would have got that touchdown. He was so close, and I was rooting for him so hard to, like, man, I want you to get that touchdown, like get another one under your belt and just, like, kind of get back in the swing of things. But I am glad that he had a few catches and, like, kind of felt that game speed again. I want to ask you something, and I don't want this to come off bad. Um, 
hold on real quick. I'm going to, yeah, sorry. I'm going to pause this. So I, I don't want this to come off wrong to, for anybody. Um, but I want to ask you in the weirdest of ways, do you think that maybe there was some really, I'm not going to say it was a good thing that he was injured, but that there have been some really, really good positives that have come from Cedric, maybe having to miss some time, unfortunately for him. Yes. And, I, and Yeah. I completely agree. Like, I do think there was a lot of positives because guys had to grow up. Guys had to step up. Hendon had to grow as a quarterback because he couldn't rely on his number one guy. Jalen had to grow as a wide receiver because Cedric wasn't there and Hendon needed somebody. Like, Fant had to step up. Ramel Keaton had to step up. And, like, it made all of them better, seeing that, like, all right, our guy's out. Like, like somebody's got to do something. So, yeah, like silver lining of him getting injured is this team, like this offense got better. Definitely. So it just, it just hit me. Uh, and I'll, and I know we have a good, some of our buddies from Catholic that listen to this. And I know that they'll remember this. And I know you remember this too, but I thought about it. And it was my junior year, uh, first game of the year. And we had one of our best players, one of our running backs who, um, he was a senior at the time, and he had had a good junior year, but had torn his ACL towards the end, I think, of his junior year, but had rehabbed really, really hard, worked really, really hard to come back for his senior year. And we're playing at Morristown West on the turf up there, and it's like – I don't even remember if it's like second quarter yet. It's pretty early in the game, and they – and I'll vividly remember, we had some pretty brutal uh, injuries, whether they were actually gruesome injuries while we were Catholic or, like, they were just the people that you didn't you hate to see. But I remember being on the sideline, and he comes running right at us, and he tries to put his foot in the ground and cut, and he gets stuck in that turf, and he gets blasted, and he blows his ACL. And it's like we're coming in that year with massive expectations, as we did pretty much every year while we were there, highly ranked. He was going to be one of the better players, and I hated it for him that he lost his senior year. But in that, we had another player who not only rose to the occasion, but probably became the best or most important, slash second most important player on the entire team, who was a guy that, I mean, really at the time was a backup and was going to be a senior that played some, but not meaningful. And he steps in the role at running back and becomes the prep extra player of the year. And so, like, it's, it's awful that that happens, and I wish it never would have happened for one individual. But then, like, I thought about that last night with said. Well, I thought about the whole said thing first and then related it back to the Catholic situation. But it's like, I got to ask Kyler this. And, I, and like I said, and I hate it for Cedric. I, I wish yeah. he ever gotten hurt and had 15 touchdowns right now. Like, I, I don't want to steal that from him. But I agree with you. I think everyone had to almost prove to themselves they're like, hey, I can, I can do this. Like, what if Cedric never got hurt, and we're relying on him in the Bama game or these big games? And it's, it's, um, you know, it's third and eight, and we just are playing jump ball games to him instead of really relying on all this other. Now, I don't think that would have happened with this Tennessee team because of Coach Heupel. I don't think he would have been so relying on one. But like you said, if you got a quarterback back there that feels really good that maybe he's like, all right, I just need to go to set here compared to where the play's designed to. So I wanted to ask you that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it, you know, it's all like Hendon's perspective on it. Like if he is in a situation where he has to get a first down, like in his head, he goes, you know who I trust the most is Cedric. 
So he immediately was like, I'm going to go to him. But now he can trust Ramel. He can trust Jalen. He can trust Fant. Like he's got multiple guys where he feels comfortable just spreading it out. So that, yeah, it, like it probably was a good thing for this team overall. Um, I, I also think it was fantastic too, Kyler. Um, because now when you're as a defense coordinator, and I'm going to do this as fun when we talk about Georgia here in a minute, um, how I would stop this UT team. But, like, it, it's not, hey, we're going to double set and make someone else beat us. It's like, what the f- do we do? You know what I mean? So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do they do? Um, okay, so ended that drive with uh, Jalen Wright touchdown, kind of jumping over to the end zone. Shout out Jerome for literally headbutting Gerald Mincy without a helmet. I love that he goes, oh, oh, like he realized what he did. He's like, oh, sorry. Yeah, he's like, oh, oh no, sorry. Um, so that was hilarious. Jerome's like, we get to the next drive. This is the one I was talking about earlier. It was a coverage sack where it's just like a sack on the first down. Like, it's like, all right, now we're playing behind. Now, like, you know, we end up punting on the drive. It's just like, dang it. And that was, that was, I think, after that big interception. So it was like, let's take advantage of this. So that was very disappointing to like not take advantage of your defense, putting you in one of the best situations they can. So. Yeah, and and um, I really thought on that play and that pick. I was like, all right, this is where we're going to put them out of their misery and go ahead and kind of step on them. But one thing real quick is I heard on the radio, and I didn't know this, that Jerome has started 55 – or he – I don't – excuse me, I don't know if he started. He's played 55 games while at UT. Jerome Harvin? Yes. That is unbelievable. I think he's – I think they said on the radio he's been there six years. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I was like – I was was like, so he redshirted and a COVID year? And we had Jerome on the show, uh, and I forgot to ask him about that, but I need to go back and look. But, yeah, I think the dude's been around for six years – in 55 games is insane. Like he he might have the freaking uh record for starts. Maybe Honestly. I don't and Darnell's been around a long time too. Uh, but I think I think Darnell's a legit fiber because of maybe of a COVID year. Uh, but it was so funny because Jerome's like the biggest badass slash nice guy. He's like you, it's like always smiling, always nice. But then when you get him on the field, like and so it was like he he's like yeah let's go baby like accidentally headbutts it's like oh I'm so sorry <laughs> well, whoops <laughs> yeah but but Jalen right bro I mean I know you compared how he his running style to to John Kelly I don't think they run the same except for the fact that like they do remind me of each other of how hard they run mm-hmm. um, Jalen seems like he just runs hard by the results. Like you yeah. see him breaking tackles. John Kelly literally looked like he was pissed off at the defense, the defense, the ground, the entire world around him. When he- <laughs> yeah. So it's like Jalen just runs hard because he's like, because of what happens while he's running. But when Jalen ran and kind of had like the break tackle slash hurdle, I was like, something I've never seen. And he kept going. Like that's when I stood up and I was like, like, let's can go, man. Like I, like I want to go block for this guy. Like I love yeah. how he runs not the biggest not the fastest but damn it he always makes one or two guys miss exactly um it's just like incredible balance by him all like and he had another run later where he had incredible balance um like the only thing that's holding Jalen back is holding on to that football like that is it so um let's see where were we so coverage sack we end up um punting on that you know, want to take advantage of that turnover. 
So then we get the ball back again. You know, Kentucky ends up having a horrible punt. I don't know if it was blocked or not, but swing pass to Jabari. He doesn't go out of bounds for some freaking reason. I don't – I guess he's just trying to fight for extra yards. He's like, I'm going to juke this guy out. It's like Jabari just go out of bounds. And then we run the same routes again. <laughs> and Jay Lyons open on the sideline for a touchdown. Literally the exact same route. Outside guy runs a post, Jether runs a wheel, and he is wide open. It is freaking hilarious how easy it is. It's easy for us. It's just kind of, it's just kind of insane. <laughs> like, how does that work? How do, they ran three? They ran it three times, and they got two touch. They got two touchdowns and like hundred and twenty total yards on three and running the same route concept three times. It's uh it's yeah, it's honestly kind of how I feel like about the entire season that I'm like living in like some fantasy world or some dream and haven't woken up yet, but like I'm watching ball and I I'm an I like X's and O's and I'm just like like looking around, I'm like, what <laughs> what what's what are we what what? You guys get paid millions of dollars and spend Hundreds of hours a week, like trying to break this stuff. <laughs> so yes, yes, I, 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 I don't really have words for it, honestly. I so. don't either. Um, so touchdown there. Next time we get the ball, uh, shout out Jabari. I'm gonna keep shouting him out every single time I see it. But good blitz pickup. He actually like followed his guy around other blockers and still picked him up. Um, Find finding the traffic. Yeah, finding the traffic. The illegal substitution by Stoops was so funny because it just he like he looked like a complete buffoon. He looked like an idiot, just getting absolutely pissed, just pissed off. Like it's a substitution. They all subbed, and the refs like, no, they didn't. They didn't sub. Those are all the same guys. And he has to come to the realization after he just freaked out on the sideline that he's an idiot and he's wrong. I was like, God, this looks awesome. Like, that's what, I, dude. That's why I'm like, we wore black for a funeral. Like, this was Stoops' funeral here, man. Like, he, like, they have fallen off, fallen apart of those like ten win seasons they had. Yeah, it's um, yeah. We 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 kind of get a, a coach to like lose their mind once a game, which which is funny. And I know someone put that out on Twitter. Um, I, I, so I thought it was very 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 important uh, to score and, and and to do what we did before half, you yeah. know, and and Dude. to um, to really kind of say, hey, it's it's over, you know, like you're, you're not going to really be able to come back, um, you know, it's. You know, it's a, basically a, a 21 point advantage, 20 point advantage. Like, hey, like, thanks for showing up. And, and it's weird because, in a way, like, I love that we beat people's ass. But then, in a way, I'm like, well, I kind of want to watch like a good game. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, but I was like, well, I'll just save wanting to watch good games for, you know, like, oh, I guess I'll just wait and watch a good game. And, the insecurity uh, in your voice and you said that well i kind of want to watch a good game well i mean i do well it's like weird because i do but then i, I know, don't that's hilarious. like it's like uh it's like i guess i'll wait for a good game 
you know, like, do I really want to watch us play a good game against Georgia? It's like, well, no, if we go down there and beat the shit out of them, that's fine. With me. <laughs> yeah. it, it's a lot less stressful, but it's kind of like when we used to play sometimes, it's like, I'd like to be in, at the, you know, until the fourth quarter, you know? So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was after halftime, the Stoops freak out looking like a complete idiot. Um, and like Hinden had like a pretty bad overthrow on a post to brew. Yeah. Which, like he will randomly have some of those every game. And I'm not sure like what that is. Uh, Cause it's even like clean pockets a lot. Um, and then yeah, I just shouting out Coop and Sprags. They were freaking moving bodies um, on a, uh, on a run. And then let's see, we ran like a counter on third and five, which I was, I just didn't necessarily like the play call. Like we didn't get the first down. We ended up having a punt and I, I don't know. I just, I, I didn't like it, especially because the box was loaded. Like you said earlier, like where yeah. are our numbers at? The box was loaded. And I'm like, all right, we're like, can we get a check? Can we get something to where these guys aren't run into an absolute madhouse? Because sometimes, yeah, it does. Sometimes it doesn't matter what the scheme is, or it doesn't matter how good the players are. Like, if it's just you're outnumbered, like it's just, it's just like, yeah, you're just running into a brick wall. It's just kind of dumb. So, which is fortunate, fortunate for us because we haven't, uh, we have a great coach, and he doesn't do that very often. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think the next drive, you know, this is when we see like Hyatt go out. I think he got a stinger. Like, I think he's fine. It was just like pinch and then he was feeling numbness and pain in his hand you could tell he was like gripping it so i think that's okay uh then putting squirrel in and like squirrel almost had that touchdown like i wish he would have caught that touchdown man like that would have been huge for him that elevation on that first one where it hit his hands i'm actually very surprised he dropped that because he is he seems like a very sure-handed guy Mm -hmm. and and then the second time they went back to it and my dad was like i don't know why they're necessarily throwing it to him like Size-wise, like, that's not his play. And I was like, I, yeah, I guess on paper, sure. Like, you want to go to Brewer said, But, like, I actually think Squirrel does a – like, size size out of it, take size out of it. I think he's a very good athlete, and I do think that he can win some jump balls just on athletic ability. And he should – you know, it would have been a great catch, but, like, it hit his hands. And I'm assuming if he was sitting right here next to me, he's going to say the same thing. Like, you hit your hands, I got to catch it. Yeah. So, like, I don't necessarily think that they can't throw some of those plays to him. No, you know. I, I I can't wait for him down the road, man. Like he's going to be such a great player. I think he'll be such out there. Yeah. Um. Then they started like I, I got really annoyed with the camera angles. They stopped like <laughs> they were so late to showing the plays. It was pissing me off. Um. I think we end up kicking a field goal there, and then next drive. Uh oh, dude, there the the it was like a slant to brew. And he stuck his foot in the ground and literally lowered his shoulder into that safety number 11, ran him over, which I loved to see, um, you know, then just like they're playing off like easy bubble screen for nine yards. Like, thanks. Go ahead and play off. Right. Um, a little too late at that time. Yeah, exactly. A little too, a little too late. Uh, then we got Jalen with that another run. Like I said before, like, he hits and spins and then has the balance to like stay up and keep going. Um, it, it was just awesome to see. Uh, let's see. 
I love Jacob Warren. He like got in a defensive lineman's face because it was like after the whistle, and he and he like pushed uh, Jalen Wright down, and Jacob like stood up in his face. I'm like, hell yeah, Jacob, go beat his fucking ass, dude. <laughs> like, don't let him do that to your freaking teammate. I love that. Um, and then this, dude, the freaking option touchdown. Oh my god, a thing of beauty, a thing of beauty. Running that option out there, hitting it with a little play fake. Fuck Jeremiah working his way up, double team secures it, gets it to where uh Jerome can take over the block, then works his way up to second level, gets the block, pushes him out, hidden comes off of it, touchdown. Like I that play got me freaking juiced. Kentucky actually defended it somewhat well. Like, I mean, they they like, I mean, Hendon had to keep it, you know? Yeah. And and so like they did a pretty good job. But then once he once Hendon it sounds like I'm saying he like wrote it out, which kind of you say that for like a read option, like, hey, you really read it out and then pull late. But like he kind of he didn't necessarily hold it. Um, well, he held it the whole time, but what's the way I'm trying to explain? Like he really got it to where it's like, okay, you've done a good job defending this and making me hold it, but now there's a gap in an alley. So I'm going to cut it up. And he kind of took the guy out of position, even though the guy did kind of what he was supposed to do of kind of like, Kind of, you know, hey, I'm I'm stopping the pitch. Where's my defense coming? So yeah. it was just really be that. Yeah, exactly. I think I think they played it well. Um, and like I said, it was like the block by Jeremiah, the setup by Hinden, like that was the reason why it was successful. Um, so that was great. You know, once we scored that, like it was it was game over. Like there was there was nothing they were gonna be able to do. Um, you know, and, and like some of our some of the stuff that happened after that, like First play of the fourth quarter, it was just a massive hole again, like huge hole, huge running lane, um, just hard running by Jalen, more and more, just hard, hard running, pushing through. Um, they, they hit high, high on the sideline again, just like falling for like a Ramel Keaton decoy and just leaving Hyatt wide open on the sideline. Um, just absolutely love it. Uh, blitz pickup by Jabari. And then a poster Ramel, he drops it. You got to catch that. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, another blitz pickup by Jabari, like very impressive. Good job, Jabari. I'm going to call you out every single time you do something like that. Um, uh, we give up a sack. Sprags didn't pass off a twist. Uh, and then we had only two sacks. And I really think the first one was probably on Hendon uh, for, for holding it too long. He I mean, could have like, at least thrown it away, too. Because he was outside of the pocket at that point. But um, so we give up another sack. But then, you know, we come back. We got that that corner route out of the out of the backfield by Jabari. And just thank you. Late. Like, the, it was such a great play design because tight end and whoever was wide receiver, or it might have been double tight ends, just like Fant and Jacob, I think, just confuses that defense, spreads out. And linebackers like, wait, wh- who do I take? Doesn't realize right. Jabari's also running too. Um, so, play design, execution, touchdown. Yeah, let's um, let's go ahead and and jump into some defense. We're at the fifty-two minute mark. Let's go ahead and talk some defense because I do want to talk about about Georgia. When we talk about defense, that first freaking play set the damn tone. Set the damn tone. DT, Omari, and Bumpus 
all getting pressure, all into the backfield, and then they pick Buddy up and absolutely body slam him on the ground. And I was like, oh, this (laughs) – we're about to have a day. We're about to have a day. I was literally in the – I was in the shower getting ready for the Halloween party I had last night with with some friends. And literally in the shower, phone, like sitting up in the thing watching and just see them just, and I'm I'm just, I'm in the shower, just freaking out like, let's go. They got nothing on us. Oh, it was incredible. And then, and then the defensive line did it all damn day, all day. Didn't matter who was in there. So, by the way, a shower game watch is incredible. I do it all the time where you just put the phone right right up on the thing and you just sit there and relax, you know, and, the, and just run the run the water bill up because you're just sitting there letting the hot water. <laughs> so, um, I have the exact same thing, Kyler. I, you know, there's, there's so many things that we'll talk about as the year goes on and then maybe even at the end of the year. Um, but but there's just so many facets to why this team is good. But besides being, um, like you said earlier, on offense, you know, when you want to talk about, hey, the, the the flash plays, like we still, you know, meat and potatoes of running the ball, and then you come to defense. It's like, I get it, guys. Like, I, I know that there's times where we give up lots of yards or lots of points and all that stuff. I, I get it. But, like, this team still plays very, very physical. And they still bring it. And I feel like they kind of played. And, and like I said, there's some plays defensively that I wasn't pumped about. But I still felt like overall they say they kind of take that challenge. And each week as a competitor, um, you find different things to put that chip on your shoulder. It's like, okay, Kentucky's coming in. You know, we're a 10-point favorite. We you know started out as a two-touchdown favorite. What am I going to get juiced about? Well, as a defensive player, I'm going to get juiced. They're basically testing our manhood and said, well, this team's the best running team that you've played. They got a big back. They've got this. They've got that. They got the potential first round draft pick, all this bullshit. So it's like, okay, you know, if Billy I'm playing mayonnaise. Yeah, it's like, all right. It's like, okay, if I'm playing safety, like, let's, let's see if he can pick me apart. And guess what? When I get a chance in the alleyway, I'm going to bust somebody. You know, at, line, at linebacker, it's like, all right. If he's if he's that good and that big, you know, Chris Rodriguez, whatever, like I'll, I'll meet you downhill. Like we'll, we'll see how. Like, and and don't get me wrong, Kentucky had some very nice run plays. I mean, they had some nice nice blocks. They had some nice blocks and plays designs. But at least on this first one, and I really thought it set it up for this game to pretty much be over in three series, where we scored fast, stopped them, and then we're going to score again. It's fourteen nothing, and they're still like mm-hmm. a gajillion minutes to go in the game, and the game's pretty much over. But I just loved how how they brought that physicality. And listen, another week of, def- of defensive backs also bringing physicality. You know, like Brandon Turnage was hurt last week, and then like early in the game he's coming up and laying a nice stick. And it's like to, to be a part of the run defense and help, like once again, that's what makes a good team great is when everybody's bought in. Also, I just think it's funny that Kentucky goes run, run, pass. Like we, It's like we haven't seen that one before. Like run yeah. – run at second and seven you run again now it's you know you don't get any yards on second down so now it's third and seven we know you're gonna pass it like come on like take me back that's like taking me back to the Phil former days so give me a yeah, I know, exactly it's like the poverty of imagination over there on the Kentucky sideline um yeah so it was literally that first play then bump us again pressure Beasley just filling the hole then Levis with time no pressure can't get a first down like, well, hold on. In, hold in, on. in Kirk Street, like, showed it on the thing, 
the guy was open for a second, and Will didn't throw the ball. He was not standing in a clean pocket. Go back and watch it. Our defensive line did a good job of making him move off his spot, and then he tried to step up. Now, maybe Will shouldn't have stepped up and he should have let it go, but he tried to step up and throw it and threw it to the ground. I still thought we had a little bit of pressure. It wasn't like he was back there like, you know, uh, I mean, he was he wasn't putting mayonnaise in his coffee all day and then had plenty of time. I mean, he listen, still had I think to the coffee. pocket. I think the pocket was affected. Like it wasn't that perfect, like oval, but there was a body on a body, and I didn't see a lot of black around him. You know what I mean? Like white was in front of black, so it's like you weren't getting there. Um, so that's I'm just putting it on Will. That's what I'm saying. I'm putting it on him. That's the reason why. Uh, you know, and then. Bro, we had two or three interceptions that we dropped. Jalen McCullough had one on the next drive, just right through his hands. Um, you know, Tamarian had one later, just right through his hands. And it's like, where where was this rating? Like, why is Todd McShay think this guy's a good quarterback? I have no clue. I literally don't I don't understand. This is supposed to be the worst pass defense in the nation. And he threw for what, 94 yards, 96 yards, and three interceptions. I'm telling you, there came a time where they were just pressing, and I don't know how much – listen, I, I'm not – you know, Todd McShay, Mel Kuyper, and all these other guys, like, they're, you know, they're good at what they do. It's very, it's very, very tough for these GMs and different people. And, you know, as us fans, like, what the hell do we see? Like, we don't, we don't see anything special out of this guy. But then there are times that people get drafted that you don't think are going to be good, and they become really well. So there are different things that translate. I obviously I don't see it with Will besides like maybe his physical attributes. Um and, and granted, like I also don't know how much his his team around him helps or his coaching. Like I felt like they started to press a lot, which they had to. Like that's what we were gonna do. I mean, one of my things that I was gonna talk about was I'm a huge Memphis Grizzlies basketball fan, and I always talk about the Warriors, how much I respect them. We'll take it back to 2013, 2014. Well, before the kind of as, as as the splash bros were coming up, and I just and I would sit there and watch, and it was just painful to watch because like the Grizzlies would win a couple games of the series, but you just watch the game and it's just like you're trading threes for twos. It's so stressful, and then you start like you have to like you have to remain so disciplined to stick to your game plan, and these coaches and teams just can't do it because we score so quickly or we score so much. And so it's like, I don't know if they just started pressing him and he just started trying to make – because there was a couple – like, yeah, a couple throws that were just just horrendous. Like the one to Brandon Turnage. Brandon Turnage, that's like super – I mean, he's sitting in zone, he's reading it back, and he throws it right to his so. – Yeah, it's not even it's not even man coverage. It's not like like you can beat the guy on man. It's like he's just watching you. That's right. He was just watching the quarterback the entire time. He's sitting in zone. Yeah, yeah. And, and it just – it's uh, it's uh, just a, a hat tip to to the offense and the team as a, as a general or in general. I mean, um, they really they really complement one another. Yeah. So, um, so staying early in the game, so like their second drive, um, they get a big pass to the tight end, and like Trey Flowers just, uh, you know, it's a pass. You're from the safety. You can see that tight end running right to you, and he kind of just touches him, but then lets him run by him. So that was kind of disappointing. I don't know if that was some of the one of the things that you talked about that maybe you were disappointed in. And mine's coming up. My, mine's coming up. The play that I wasn't pumped about. Yeah, I watched. Um, but you know, and then but there's still like good things. Like I 
like Jawan Mitchell multiple times in like Brandon Turnage, like you said earlier, just bringing the freaking wood to Chris Rodriguez, like hitting him as hard as they freaking can, uh, which I'd love to see. Um, and then, you know, once they got down to that end zone, dude, that freaking hit by Amari on Will Levis when he tries to run and take off because it's good coverage. I love it. I love Amari got all his weight behind that damn hit and laid the wood on big old big old wheel. It was a fantastic play uh, by the entire defense and a great hit by Amari. So to answer your question about the Trayvon Flowers stuff and and uh, I no knock on him. I saw that he was up for Jim Thorpe Award this year as a finalist, and that's cool. That's good that we can put that out there and. And, and have the tweet behind it uh, and, and get the publicity. Let's keep all the publicity. Speaking of publicity, I didn't see – these are major national accounts now. Like when the when the, when when it dropped about that we are going black uniforms, like all the pub that we're – like I have Twitter. I don't have uh, Instagram so and some of that stuff. So it could be on there too. But like the Barstool, the main Barstool account that has 4 million followers and a ton of them are probably college kids and it's like – they're talking about how our uniforms are, are amazing, best ones they've seen. They talk about our entrance of, like, when the fireworks going off and the light show and all that. Mm-hmm. Then you have, like, Betty MGM, all the um, DraftKings, FanDuel, like, all the betting sites. They put out how awesome our uniforms were. Then you got, like, the SEC. Like, so it's like – it was just so – it was unbelievable to kind of – to see all that. So, like, you want to keep all this momentum going. Like, I don't know if there's a hotter team – in all of college football with intensity, not not even just on the field. I'm talking about everything else. Um, which we got a comp- hotter team in the sport of football right now. Like, there's not an NFL team that's as hot as Tennessee right now. I mean, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, just because of all the momentum and all the stuff, and then you know, you see that you know, Ocho Chad Ochocinco, Chad Johnson's there, and getting all that. So it's like all these people that are seeing this, and then like Kirk Herbstreit and Chris Fowler said, like they haven't been there to call a game in a long time, and it was funny because it's like Herbie was kind of freaking out. It's like, bro, you're like you weren't even here the Bama game or like the Florida game or like you know what I mean. Like this is just Kentucky. Like yeah. this is our little, this is our little brother. Yeah. And so, um, so anyways, back to what I was saying about the Jim Thorpe finals. Like it's funny that that says that, but like in no way in my mind do I think that Trey Flowers deserves that. And that's not a knock on him. I think it's just that they see. I think he's had some pretty good stats and he's had some good moments. But I think it's like they see that we're about to be, you know, a top three, top five team throughout the year. And it's like, hey, let's pick a guy off that team. And he's probably – well, I, I don't think he's the best defensive back on the team. But he's I'm like saying – He's like one of the older guys too. Leader. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, that's – you know, he's the player spotlight on every broadcast. It's him and Byron Young. Right. Single one. So, it's like it, – it hey, is what it is. Just letting you know some technical difficulties for the people here. So the iPad storage is out. So you're going to have to use this video the rest of the way. That's fine. I can do that. Um, um, let me, but anyway, so let me say about that. I thought Trey played it okay. You know, I thought, I mean, like Trey's sitting there and he sees the guy coming and it's just like, you know, maybe, maybe get a little bit more of a jam. But then if you get a much more of a jam, I don't know how much it's going to affect you on the reroute to get back and run with him. And it was a good throw and catch. Like, you know, my, my thing is when we got back down, and I'm going to send you the picture when we got down to the goal line. First off, the first play that you're talking about where Amari got the big hit, that was perfect defense all the way around. That's what happens when 11 dudes are all doing the same thing. If you watch it, 
And I like the play call by Kentucky. I think it was smart to do play action. And they play action. If you see it, Latrell Bumpus comes up, and he's right in Will's face. So Will's like, oh, crap. But then there's great coverage on the back end. Like, they were in zone, and, like, every pocket of the zone, like, someone was there. So he knew he couldn't really throw it. Then he had to run it. And then when he did run it, we had a great pursuit, and we got a big hit. So it was like every single person did their job. Now, fast forward one play, and I did not like anything that we saw. Like, when I send you the picture, I thought we had some guys. And it was a good blocking scheme. And I'll ask you this as the offensive lineman, and then I'll, I'll, I'll finish. But they really, like – it was kind of like they down-blocked everything right, and then he came back left. But it didn't necessarily look like a counter, mm-hmm. but it kind of was resulted in a counter. Like, what what was that run play or what was going on? <clears throat> so there is a play, um, a lot of people call it like duo, where it is instead of – it's like it's like the front side of counter, everyone runs. So everyone is running the front side of counter, even the backside guys. You're doubling and then to the back, like to the backside – and it is meant for the running back to kind of he is a counter and his approach to it and cut back behind. So I think that's what they were doing. But what disappointed me is that we had an unblocked t- Jeremy Banks and an unblocked Aaron Beasley. I know. I Both know. of them. Unblocked. Nobody's touching them. And we still can't make the tackle on Chris Rodriguez. I'm like, guys, like, no. No. what are you hesitating for? Like, this is Kentucky. Obviously, they're going to run the ball. Right. So, so that, that was my frustration with it too. Now, listen, it wasn't a super clean alleyway to shoot. As I like, they, both of them would tell you if they were here, they should have made the play. Mm-hmm. At least one of them on there should make the play. And, and, and um, our defensive staffer is going to tell them like, Hey guys, like what, what we got going on here? Like, what, what, what is this? And so like, it looked like the angle that they were having to take wasn't great. And it looks like Jeremy Banks actually got, um, indirectly kind of blocked, yeah. but Beasley still had it, and they were just like whether it was a step late or the angle wasn't there. But Kyler, Mr. Jim Thorpe, finalist, was also very, very frustrated to me on this play. If you go back and watch it, he just stands there, and like I, he has his eyes on the on the tight end, which I get it. Okay, maybe that's your guy, but but Trey, like after two seconds of the snaps, like you realize he's just blocking, and if you can take a sneak peek, you see the runs coming right at you, and it's like you. Like go back and watch it. Yeah, he he didn't do anything to help the play be stopped, and that was what was frustrating to me. And then the other thing that's frustrating to me, the really only thing uh, defensively that's frustrating me throughout the year is some stuff like that. But really, pre-snap, I think multiple times I've said like, and this is just me personally, I don't like how we look pre-snap to stop the outside run and contain. And on the play that they had on the uh, – I think it's like when they got – it was like a 10-yard run, maybe a 15-yard run or whatever to get down to the to the red zone. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that – and this is for me personally. So, if you're watching on YouTube, if here's their outside guy on offense. So, this is the very last guy they have. So, it's maybe a tight end or whatever. And we're head up. So, it's like, you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't like being head up. I want at least the slight bit of shade – to the outside. That's me personally. So if you go back and watch that one where they got down into the one or two yard line, they just collapse down, clean that out. And then it's one guy coming up to the top. And it's like, we don't have anyone because honestly, in my opinion, Kyler playing outside linebacker and playing safety and, and playing these positions where I, I had a, a lot of outside contain. It honestly kind of is an easy job. Really? I mean, it's, it's, it's nothing that's super physical. Like even when I was outweighed, 
you know, uh, hell, quit, don't even worry about about a Catholic, but even go to at at, um, at Memphis. And when I'm at defense and I'm at safety and I'm down for short yardage or whatever, and we've got a guy uh, who ended up playing in the NFL for a little bit, uh, Ronald Leary, a guard. I mean, go back and watch. He played for the Dallas Cowboys for a long time. And he's coming around pulling, and I'm maybe 195 pounds, 190 pounds playing safety. But you just get low and you take him on. So, like, I just – it's just frustrating to me because I, I feel like outside contains a very easy easy thing to do as yeah. long as you do it. Now, if you're head up with someone and then you engage and then you're like, oh, crap, I have outside contained that's coming this way, you're kind of screwed. Like, he's already got his hands on you. It's hard to go here. Yeah. But if you have outside shade and you can see it, then you just – well, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, up, people. Two, two weeks in a row. So you just come up and step and kind of had that outside and take on here. It's just so much easier to take on from outside in than when you're already engaged and get outside. Yeah. I don't know. That's just me. That's what was frustrating. And I feel like it's such an easy thing to do, but it's also a very, very, very important thing to do defensively. Yeah. We always talk about how important outside contain is. So just, I just wish maybe pre-snap we looked a little bit better and it makes it a little bit easier for those guys. Anyways, ran over. Yeah. Uh, you know, those are, those people that only listen, you should definitely watch the YouTube so you can see Reed doing his little coaching steps. <laughs> it's it's nice. Um, so they end up with that touchdown, that play, their only touchdown of the game. Uh, blocked PAT by Dejon Terry. I mean, bro, Dejon Terry has come out of the woodworks and has been a baller. Like he had an amazing game. Made plays last year. Don't disrespect my man like that. Well, I'm just saying, like, he was a transfer. We didn't know much about him. He didn't – he was okay last year. And, like, this – like, I think this is his best game he's ever played. Like, he was crushing dudes. And we'll talk about the sack he had later. But, uh, um, you know, on to the next drive, Eason getting into the backfield. I mean, I can just call out names all over the place. This I I actually love to see Danico's one-on-one coverage with a guy. He doesn't get his head turned around. He doesn't find the ball. Guy ends up dropping the ball. So it's turnover on downs. They punt, blah, blah, blah. But later on the game, Danico is in the exact same situation. And what does he do? He f- turns his head. He finds the ball. He reads the wide receiver's eyes to be like, oh, that ball is coming. And he makes an incredible interception. And it's like that guy literally got better in the middle of a game. And that's impressive. I don't care who you are. So, and all this, I got, I got this rant too. This, this week for me is really a lot of soapbox rants compared to plays here and there. But Kyler, we talked going into this year how much I like the defensive backfield because of all of our depth. Mm-hmm. But the the fact that in the plays that you're talking about that. Uh, Danico Slaughter is playing outside. Like he is legitimately outside. Now, whether you want to call him a corner, whether they he was still like as a safety, but then the matchup that he had took him outside. I don't I don't care what it is. The dude is outside in the island area yeah. where it's very scary to have to play. And like you said, had had good coverage, doesn't get his head around, guy drops the ball. Hey, that's just Kentucky for you, man. They just give us games. So, but then that you come back and he makes a hell of a play on the interception. But then again, on his hit, he's the outside guy again. And like we talked about it, we had a lot of good depth in this backfield. But a lot of our corners have gone down. And it's like, 
we were talking the other night on Xbox Five with some buddies, and I had a buddy's like, dude, does Willie Martinez just suck? Like, what's wrong with our defensive backs? And I'm just like, and and I don't, I don't get in arguments really anymore with stuff like that because I don't really get in arguments because I just know that people, it's, I'm not going to say that they're not intelligent about football, but they either just watch the game and they watch the ball or they look at the stats. Right. But, or, right. Or they don't go back and rewatch, which is fine. Like, <clears throat> most people don't go back and rewatch games. Like, we do it because we enjoy it and because of the pod. But like I've told you a lot this year, even when teams have made catches, our guys have been in good positions. We haven't had an issue where we have a Jalen Hyde of the other team running butt-ass naked open. It's like, what the hell just happened there? You know, I said that last podcast, but I'll say it again. So it's like, Danico Slaughter came in the year as like a third-string star position and like a backup safety. Because I think Wesley Walker and Tamari McDonald are very good players. We think Danico's a good player. And yeah. I mentioned to start the year how I felt bad for him because it's like, I think dude's a good player. And he's just, there's guys that are just a little bit better. The, mm-hmm. the practice that we went to, he ended the entire practice with a pick six. And so it's like, I'm, and, and so when he stepped in, when Tank was out, I thought he played a really well of the game against Bama. And so going into this week, I'm like, well, if we don't have Kamal Haddon, and we don't have Christian Charles, and Warren Burrell's gone for the year, so we're going to be out there with Brandon Turnage. Okay, I like I like Brandon Turnage. Um, I feel pretty confident with him. We got Deshaun Rucker out there. Okay, I feel pretty good. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, can we not just put Wesley Walker and Tamari McDonald on the field at the same time? Like, they're used to playing man coverage anyways. Like, I know it's going to be a little bit more weird for him to be on the outside, and I thought the same thing about Danico. And the fact that he goes out there and does it is so impressive. Like, and maybe it's just more impressive to me because – I played defensive back and it's something I, I really respect and I know how difficult it is yeah. for people to do it. And so for him to go out and do it. Now, I didn't like when when he did get beat and the guy dropped it. I'm fine with press coverage, but he was like a, millis, a millimeter away from dude. Like, you can be impressed. You don't have to be, like, right up on him. Now, listen, I'm not the coach there, so I don't know why they were doing it, but I saw the slot shot coming like, hey, you're going to – you got a lot of – you got – it was a wide side of the field. You got a lot of field over there. Number one, just going to turn around, hold the corner, and then it's a, it's a hard position. So, like, I'm fine with press, but, like, I wish he would have taken, like, a half step back because I think it's a little bit easier. Then again, he was still in good coverage. He mm-hmm. just didn't get the head around. But damn it, Kyler, when I see him wide out there on that third down, and I'm like, okay, they got three to that side. They're either going to run – slants and or, or they're either going to send the into the first two uh guys up field and kind of slant underneath or they're going to do some double slants or i thought they're gonna bring outside guy in and do that post those are the three things i'm looking for and here comes the slant denico slaughter never took a back step he never took a read step or a false step he knew whether it was instincts film study whatever he knew he knew it was coming and it was one of the best football plays I've seen in a long time. People do not – it was a clean hit. His timing was great. Right when the ball got there. I mean, it was a perfect hit, too, like a good football hit. I mean, I legitimately <laughs> jumped out of the chair and just lost my mind. I jumped up and was like, oh, my God. Like, I mean, I mean, unbelievable. I, I mean, unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then, like, the form tackle, too, like the form of his tackle, hitting shoulder – Leading with his his leg and shoulder, putting his hands up under the back of the knees, like it was, it, like you you can't teach it better. Like it should be on a teach tape for coaches in the future. 
like an incredible play and then just heads up by Jawan being there and able to make that pick. Like I, the first play of the game, tone setter, and that play, another just tone setter. Oh, you think? Oh, you think you're going to get another touchdown on us? No, that's not how this works. Like incredible, incredible. I, I just wish people understood how impressive it is that he's at maybe five, six yards and he doesn't take one read step at all that he's literally there. And when he sees it, he goes, I mean, that alone itself. And he got there so quick and so fast, obviously he's a very good athlete. And like you said, the tackle is perfect. But then again, it's playing winning football where other members of the team are active and they're around the ball. Good things happen when you're around the ball. Juwan's around the ball. And he, you know what? He made the catch. He didn't let it drop. It wasn't brick hands, Henry Toa Toa. He caught it and he ran. So, yeah, anyway. Exactly. Um, before that play, just a couple things I wanted to shout out. I uh, saw some good uh, running down the line by Elijah. He made a good tackle on a play. Uh, Eason also had a bunch of pressure there. Um, Danico had some good outside arm technique on like a bubble screen where he was keeping it, keeping it outside. Roman Harrison absolutely crushing tight end as he comes back across the middle on on his you know route or whatever. I mean, just laying the wood on him. Um, I think uh, they had a good route combination to get close to that first down, and then they you know snuck it for the fourth down, which I don't think they got. But then you know we get the pick a couple plays later, and I literally thought like ball don't lie, like ball don't lie. You guys didn't deserve that, and here we go. This is why we have it. Um, so then, you know, offense doesn't get anywhere after that interception. So defense comes back out onto the field. Um, and the tackle by Trey Flowers on the goal line, like from safety coming up, alligator tackle, like those are the kind of plays where you're like, yes, Trey, that's what I'm talking about. But, you know, he also has the ones like we talked about earlier. Um, John Terry, like barely missing the running back on the next one. Um, Tamarian was just that was where the almost interception happened. Like he was watching Will Levis the entire time, like eyes just right on him. He knew it was coming, uh, the whole way. Um, and then the literally on the other side, he like pushes back the guy trying to block him and makes a tackle. Um, for or doesn't make the tackle, but makes him you know bounce around for a one yard gain, and then this is the partial block punt, um, you know, and then we end up scoring, and that's you know right before half, and then they have to take a bunch of knees. It's like this defense is just shut out, and if you don't get a lot of drives versus this defense, like Kentucky plays their game where they only have a few drives a game, it's not good for them. Like, it's better for us. This defense is usually worn the hell out because they're on the field the whole time. But methodical, long drives, like taking their time, defense gets some rest, we have time to sub dudes. I mean, game over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you have any more defensive uh, specific plays that you want to talk before we get into UGA? I Okay, so I wanted to say DeJon Terry on that sack, just an absolute man. It's blowing through offensive linemen getting the sack. Um, let's see what else I got. Uh, 
the twist by Byron and, and Barron to get another sack was incredible. Like I love, absolutely love it when they're on the same side together. Um, another great tackle by Trey. Uh, Brandon Turns was the easy interception we already talked about. Um, Danico's interception. Wesley Walker was making some great tackles. Um, well, he actually missed the tackle and then made up for it the very next play with a great tackle. Uh, you know, I, I they they stopped trusting Will. Like after he threw those three picks, they just started throwing bubbles and little screens, and that's all they threw. They, they didn't push it downfield at all. It's like um, they're trying to get get him out of the game, get back yeah, to like, yeah, dude. Uh, dang, Tyree West almost had a sack. I wish he would have had that. You know, just as a freshman, like man, I wanted him to have that just for confidence. Um. You know, just great plays. Like, Beasley had a good play, avoided a block, makes the tackle in the backfield. Byron had another sack. Um, I thought Jordan Thomas, number 25 freshman, was flying around whenever he got in because those the backups all came in. So I have, um, I have him on my notes, too. I, I love the guy. Yeah, I, I thought he played great. But, yeah, that was pretty much it, just talking about the literally collapse of their offense towards the end of the game. I want to talk special teams real quick. Uh you know, I know you said they were going to have a punt return. There was twice that I thought D was going to break one. Mm, I was um, close. <laughs> you were. There was. It was. It was some close ones. I love uh, that Caleb Perry, Kentucky boy, true freshman's the one that basically partially blocked it. It looked like we should have had two blocks that game, or or could have. I'm not going to say should have, but could have had two blocks punts mm. um, towards the end of the game. Yeah, like to see Jordan. I, I mean, we had. Jordan in there, Elijah uh, Herring in there, Caleb Perry was in there. I mean, just a bunch of freshmen already getting plays, you know, and, and getting in there. And every time I see, dude, George just looks like a dog. Like, I remember watching his highlights and we both loved him. Like, I, he's a guy at safety that I'm going to be really enjoyed to watch. He better watch out. If he, the boy likes to eat and work out, he might be playing linebacker. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> he's got such a good frame. But once again, Kyler, like, and I'll tie this into kind of talking about Georgia a little bit. There were there were some more plays running wise. I was kind of like, eh, like I don't I don't love that. I don't love this. I, but but overall, they stepped up and made the plays. But once again, it's everybody flying to the ball, everybody bringing the wood, defensive backs coming up and making tackles and making physical plays. Like you said, another week of good stunts from the defensive line, you know, getting pressure, getting sacks, getting hits, running the line of scrimmage, which people don't understand how much important how important that is for these big boys to keep that energy and effort. I mean, well, I guess we're what, 7-0, uh, 8-0? 8-0. So it's eight, it's eight weeks in. You know, it's like you're getting kind of in that, in that long tooth part of the season. It's like, hey, these guys are still bringing it because that is what winning football does. Now, the other thing is, dude, Kyler, Winning helps a lot of this. So I was I was driving to Mass today, uh, and I actually was going to the 9 o'clock, so I went a little bit earlier than I used to do, and they had Jimmy Hines and Tim Irwin on there. Usually I see Tim, Big Tim, at, at church because he goes to 11 after this radio show that they do. But a guy called in and was like, I think this team is more uh, physically and mentally conditioned. And they were like, you know, and, and he talked about being mentally conditioned, and then he's talking about physically. He's like, you know, I just think these guys are in better shape this year. And I'm like, Here's the deal, guy. Winning cures everything. If you're like, you know, instead of eight and oh, if you're four and four and you go out and you're playing a team that you're not necessarily supposed to be in the game with, the first bit of adversity, subconsciously, you're just like, all right, like 
you know what it is. Now, I'm not saying for me or you because I, I've played with you. You know me. Like, we we were going to the end. Now, were there times where I would be bummed out because I felt like other people around me weren't, weren't doing it? Absolutely. But, like, and, and it is a team game. It doesn't matter if I gave all the effort in the world and, and, and took on a blocker. If, I, if my linebacker's not scraping over to make it, it doesn't matter. If you go up and make a defensive tackle and take three guys on, it doesn't matter. So it's like people don't understand that winning really makes everything easier. You're not as tired when you're winning. Your, your defense, you're not as tired when you're up 27 to 6 and it's time to go eat. Yeah. So it's like and, – and so, like, don't knock years' teams of the past for not being as conditioned or not as this. It's like – it's just called winning. And it's, it's also – you got a lot different mindset on a Tuesday practice if you're losing than if you're winning. Yeah. And you're going into that practice if you're losing, like, ah, oh, this is going to be tough. You know what I mean? If you're winning at the top of the world, this is great. Can't wait. You get to play the next people and beat them too. Like, there's a different mindset when you go into that kind of stuff. Like, when you're losing, it definitely feels like more of a chore than like fun you know what i mean a lot of things in life are not as enjoyable when it's not going right so we're not breaking news but football and college football when you suck and you're not any good as a team you were literally counting the days till de to december like i think really the only thing that you can do is be like all right i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna play hard because it's the right thing to do i'm gonna play for my stats i'm gonna get you know i'm gonna play for my stats if these guys aren't gonna play hard for me f them like i'll at least go play out and go put some good shit on tape for myself. Uh, but yeah, like what like like football is a very difficult thing. Now we we all love to play it, but like practice and all the energy and effort that you have to put in, it's a very difficult thing. So when you're losing, it's like this man, like like it, it becomes almost like you said, like a massive chore and a pain in the ass. Um let's let's talk Georgia. What are your initial thoughts on Georgia? Uh okay, so initial thoughts on Georgia. There's an obvious there's a reason why they're number one team. Um, I think they do have one of the better offensive lines in the country. And I think this is the best offensive line we will face. Um, they, they're road graders. They are great pass protectors. They're huge. They're just massive individuals, um, which just being big in a way hurts. Like, like – it being that big, it's hard to get around them. Like, there's a reason why Orlando Brown is still a starting tackle in the NFL. He is the most unathletic, slowest. Sloppy body. Sloppy body, horrible to react guy I've ever seen. And he's a starting left tackle. And it's because that man is 6'9", 380 pounds. And you can't – he takes two steps and he takes over this – five yard span and guys can't get around him. It's literally because he's so massive and that's how their offensive line is. They're just massive, massive individuals. And, you know, they have like their offense is balanced. They like to run. They like to pass. They love their tight ends. They love their running backs. It's not a bunch of wide receivers running big routes. It's tight ends and running backs. And <clears throat> there's obvious weeks points where you can find in this team like when they struggled versus Missouri or like when they didn't really do much versus Kent state or like when Florida started to kind of come back in the game and their offense was just like, nah, just puttering, like not really. And then they have three turnovers versus Florida. So it's like, you see that in them that, you know, they're not quite 
the number one team. So I like I feel I feel good right now. I am not in the place where it's like, God, I don't know if this is going to ever happen. Like, I feel like this could be another 60-minute fight like it was versus Bama. And that's a lot better feeling than in years past where it's like, we're about to get our asses whooped. So, um, and I think on defense, we're, we're very good at stopping the run. And I don't think their running backs are as good as Chris Rodriguez. Um, so I think we can get them on the ground. I think it's just all about our defensive linemen doing the exact same thing they did this week and mauling this O-line to where there are no guards or tackles or whoever getting up to linebackers. We got Beasley and Banks running free and Juwan. Like if we have those guys running free, this we're going to be able to kill this Georgia offense. Like that's the main point that we need is those guys running free and then being able to react because Georgia's going to run the ball and then they're going to run play action. They're going to run the ball and they're going to run play action. And if they get man coverage, Stetson is throwing it, especially if it's Bowers. If Bowers is a man coverage, he's going to throw it every single time. It does not matter if there's good coverage on Bowers. He's going to throw it to him. So it's all about taking advantage of that. Whoever's covering him, Tamarian, Wesley, Banks, Beasley, Danico, who knows? You have to take it. You have to know if you're man on man with this guy, the ball's probably coming your way. Well, um, let me just say that I hope that it's uh, Tamarian and Banks, or it's Tamarian with Trey over the top, or it's Wesley with. I, I need two people. I need two people. Now, I love the fact that we played Kentucky this week because they are pretty similar to game styles as mm-hmm. uh, as Georgia. Yeah. Um, just a lot less talent than, than Georgia. Yeah. The offensive they line got a little bit more wrinkles in their offense too. It's not just under center handed off. But, right. Yeah. Right. Um, and I do think Stetson's a, a pretty good player for them. Um, I think he's, you know, athletic enough to to extend plays. I do think that we can get after him. Um if I'm Georgia offensively, I'm really going to test the manhood early and often. Um, not because that I don't think that we don't have a bunch of dogs but we got a bunch of like medium-sized boys at linebacker right we you know what i mean and so it's like i would make aaron beasley have to take on a a pulling guard because like you said even if he's physically there and and everything i've seen from banks and Jawan and aaron beasley and some of these other guys like physically like hey like i'm gonna bring it's like me hitting you like i'm gonna hit you as hard as i can now how much does it put a dent into you i don't know because you're just a much bigger person and like when you get your hands on people as a guard and, and can move them like that's where I'm going to really, really be watching this game is how well do our linebackers and defense alignment can kind of control that. Because if those guys are getting up to the second level, that's probably going to be a little bit of a problem for our defense. Now, if our defensive line can, can hold to and play it and, and, and give these guys a chance to run, I think that's big time. Uh, me off me defensively. I, I would, they won't, they won't, uh, a lot they might in, in certain packages, but I would maybe consider playing another lineman in this game um, up front. You know, and I yeah, I don't I don't know. Like I said, I don't know all of the stuff that's going into it, but like I would maybe have you know Elijah up head up, and then Amari and Dejounte Terry 
and then maybe Beeson and have those four guys down and then maybe Byron Young standing up. Um, really to, to, to try to give Beasley. Yeah, and to try to give Beasley – well, bigger bodies plus one. And then to give Beasley and um, uh, Jawan or uh, Jeremy Banks more Rome areas to roam. I don't see them doing that because then they have to take that star position off, and I think those guys are really good. Uh, but but just something to think about. I think we'll probably see that in certain short yardage or, or goal lines or whatever. Yeah. Um, and you know what? Maybe they trust our linebackers to come up and play physically. But the other thing is, too, is I I think it's very important that we double the, 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 the tight ends. I mean, just like – just take away what they do well. Like, get that guy frustrated. I mean, hell, one of the scores that they had um, against Florida was BS. I mean – the Florida defense end actually had really good coverage, and he turned around and hit the ball, and then it literally spins off helmets and hands. The guy catches yeah. it, so it's like that guy had pretty good coverage. Um, but I just want Stetson not to be able to to have his first read of like where he wants to go and see what happens. Um, now, offensively for us, I'm very excited because I I do think we'll be able to score. Um, the key to this game is the offensive line for us, and that's and that's do they give Hendon time. But the other thing is, too, are we able to, to be two-dimensional and run and throw it? Like, I, I will be interested to see what Georgia does and what they try to take away. Now, me, yeah. if, I'm, if I'm trying to stop this defense, if I'm Georgia, I'm telling you right now what I'm doing is I'm not playing coverage. I'm not – I'm playing – I'm playing well, we're going to stop your run and we're going to bring the house on Hendon. And I'm just – I'm telling you right now I'm going to man up and I'm probably going to have one high safety. And, and I'm just going to say um, – or man up and play too high safety and say, hey, I, th- I think the key to, to – you can't stop Tennessee's offense, but the way to contain them, you know, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, um, you know, some of the great scores in the game. I don't want to say LeBron because LeBron's a lame but some of these great scores in the NBA, like, you can't stop them. But instead of them having 45, instead of Giannis having 52, like, try to hold him to 38. And so what I would do if I'm a defense coordinator is I'm going to – play either a lot of man or a lot of off zone where I still have safeties deep. I don't want it to be easy for Tennessee. If you run it down my throat for 80 yards, that's fine. But once you get in the red zone and and, and Kentucky did a decent job of forcing us to a couple field goals, like I'm going to, I'm just, I'm just not going to let you have walk-in touchdowns where Jalen Hyde or someone else is catching it. They, the, the defensive guy swipes his legs, misses it. And he kind of walks in jogs in for a touchdown. I'm not going to have that as defense coordinator. You can gouge me all you want until we get to the 20s. Then let me see how good your offense is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I would do if I was Georgia is have some guys deep, but also mix in a lot of, a lot of, uh, of um, stop the run yeah. and, a lot, and a lot of uh, uh, blitzing type, type deal. Yeah. And I'm not saying, and, and go ahead while you talk, I'm going to draw something up here. Yeah. So, and I think, you know, playing versus this Georgia defense, I would like to see more over the middle stuff, um, trying to take advantage of their linebackers. I think that if we can run the ball effectively, their linebackers will bite um, and they will come up and want to stop that run and be able to hit them over the middle. Because I I mean, we love to attack the outside with the bubbles. We love the little screens outside. But man, one thing about their DBs is they play aggressive. Like they come downhill, make tackles, make good tackles. They can fight through blocks. So like, that's what they're good at. So I think 
you know, possibly we get away from it a little bit and maybe, you know, hit some slants in the middle, um, some pop passes, some hitches, some digs, um, and, and, you know, just try and take advantage of it. And then the big thing too is their third down package. So when they get in third down, they like to do three down linemen and then three stand-up guys. Uh, and they'll do two down linemen on one side of the ball and one on the other. Like it'll be a guy lined up on a five, like the lineup on the tackle, and then there won't be another guy lined up on the line until the opposite guard because they just spread it out, and that's what causes confusion. Right. Because offensive linemen go, I don't know who is who. I don't know yeah. who I'm supposed to block. And Steve. that is their whole point. That is the whole reason they're lined up like that is to try and confuse you. It's not about getting one-on-one match. It's not about like, hey, my guys are a lot better than yours. It's if I confuse you and you don't end up blocking one of my guys because you're confused, then he's going to get a sack. Yeah, and that, uh, we've seen a bunch of teams do it. I mean, the Ravens used to do it all the time. Steelers used to do it. Um you know, where they do that confusion. I mean, Tennessee had a little bit of the Prowler package with John Chavis back in the day. And, yeah, it's just – but the thing is, is, like, you have to get to that point um, where you can pull that out. It has to be a third and 12. It has to be a third and nine where you know we're passing it. You know, a third and, and nine uh, – I also wonder, do they sub in for that package? Because right. if they do, you think you're going to get a shot to do that? I don't think right. so. Right, right. And the other thing is too, like third and nine, third and nine with 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 the balls, if 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 Heupel's in a certain area, you can't play pass on that because he might run it to get four or five yards for a fourth down. But if we're in way in our in our own area and it's third it's third and twelve, yeah, you're gonna see stuff like that, especially like you said, if you if you um have let them have the opportunity to to change people out. Exactly. Um so I think it's just like you said, it's going to be big for the offensive line. Georgia's, you know, defensive front has always been their strong suit and, you know, what they lean on. Um, so it, it's kind of weird. Almost every game that we talk about, like we really don't break down what the offense has to do because it's like they know. Like Heibel knows what he's doing. He, he doesn't need – he doesn't need to even talking to. Like he's going to figure it out no matter what. But – um, yeah, yeah, and 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 for me, keys keys to this game. I'm very excited. I'm very very excited um, to watch this. I'm excited to watch the chess match uh, and see what happens. Um, but for me, it's once again, it's about us. And I think I think defensively, um, defensively is pretty uh, pretty vanilla for me. Like just bring the effort and energy and read your keys. Now these guys, like you said, the, the key reading is really going to be more on your play actions and when they take those type of shots. It's not going to be anything super elaborate or they're not going to be going super fast like we do to where you're like, hey, this, 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 and then you turn around and Jalen's behind you. Um, just just play physical on defense. Play physical. You know, they're going to try to test your manhood. Step up. Let's stop this run. Let's see what we do. And I also I want to be defensively. I don't want to overthink it. Like, let's double the tight end, please. Like, let's take away what they like to do. And then offensively for us, I'm telling you the the key for us is just to play clean. But also, also it's just it's offensive line and clean. That's it. Because I, I can I trust him to show up. I trust the receivers to show up. The in the in in the line is not giving me a reason not to trust them. I'm just saying it's a big week for you guys, whether it's in pass protection and really for run because we need to be able to somewhat run the run the ball to keep these guys honest. And this could be another week where it's a lot of uh, Hendon running the ball. 
yeah. because like four or five yards here and there to keep them honest. Yeah, and even like setting up draws to keep their rush a little bit at bay. Like those guys but, slow down some. They're not coming screaming off the edge. Yeah, so I did a – so, yeah, what I did here is I took one of our – I'm going to just send you a picture of this um, – this little defense that I drew that I drew up, and this is like exactly how I would potentially, if I'm them, try to stop it at least until you get down to the red zone. Um, and it's basically, you know, it's only they only got on on this defense here. It's only six in the box, and that's with me having an offensive uh, formation for Tennessee with a uh, with a tight end kind of in in the box. But I'm telling you right now, like I don't care if Tennessee continues to get down there that way. I'm just playing. Don't give up the easy stuff. Make them earn it. Because every time you tap the ball on offense, it's an opportunity for a mistake. I mean, if you give us four plays and the fourth play we're scoring a touchdown, that's super easy. Well, it's over. But if you make us go 12, 15 plays, that's just an extra. You just play, you're just playing the odds. You're playing the the possibilities of just a little mistake here and there. And that's yeah. what I think if I was, if I was Georgia, what I do. And they have the athletes to play man. So, anyways, great freaking pod. I am fired up to watch this game. I don't get lost in the fact that that I love beating the shit out of Kentucky. Pardon <laughs> part, my language. I love beating the crap out of Kentucky. Um, but once again, I wasn't worried about this game. I, I I was confident. I knew that they would go in and handle business. They did. Yeah. You know, uh, Kentucky, you've beaten us like three times since like World War II or whatever it is. Like, you just don't beat us. Like, hell, the only time you beat us was when JG gave you two gifts. Like, go, go back to Kentucky – like we're a better football program, we're a better basketball program, and we're a better baseball program. And you know what? Basketball, you're going to say, oh, better basketball program. Hey, just because you guys are preseason ranked all the time ahead of us doesn't mean that you're always better than us at the end of the year. Who's the reigning love, SEC champ? I love that we I love that we saved to celebrate that until it was Kentucky week. I, I'm I'm all for I'm all for some pettiness like that from the because that's not that's not unprofessional. That's not bad. But hey, instead of bringing these guys out against Florida. Let's just wait till till October and bring them out against Kentucky. Yeah, let, let, have, them, have them wave to the Kentucky sideline and the fans. Yeah. Incredible. All right, bud. Uh, thank you guys for watching and listening. If you are watching, please subscribe, hit that like button, leave a comment. Uh, it helps us so much, uh, all your support, and we love answering those comments. If you guys are just listening, rate and review. Uh, leave five stars, download and re-download and follow our pages on whatever platform you're using. If you want to follow us, um, it is at Believe in Tennessee for our main account on Twitter, at rbacon26 for read, at Kyler Curbison for myself. Also, we have merch. How we doing, bud? T-shirts are out, so please go and buy some of those. Um, that also helps us a lot, so please do that. And, uh, yeah, just appreciate you guys. You you are the best. You're the reason we keep doing this thing. So please keep up the support. We, we love every second of it. As always, go Vols.